0: Welcome to It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. I'm Joe Garifoli, The Chronicle's senior political writer. If you're in California, your ballot will soon be landing in your mailbox. You'll see seven ballot propositions on issues ranging from abortion to sports gambling. You might look at those props and wonder, what am I really voting on here? Today, we're gonna look at those ballot measures. In the first part of this episode, Dustin Gardner and Sophia Bollig, the Chronicle Sacramento reporters, will break down five of the props. Then I'm going to talk with Chris Grove, an independent gambling industry analyst, about props 26 and 27. Yes, the ones you've been seeing endless commercials about. Let's start with my conversation with Dustin Gardner and Sophia Bollig. Let's start with Proposition One that's the Right to Reproductive Freedom Amendment, which would change California's Constitution. Sophia, what would it do?
1: Prop 1 would enshrine the right to an abortion in California's Constitution. Uh, Abortion is legal in California, but supporters of adding this amendment to the Constitution say this would essentially strengthen California's legal argument if Republicans at the federal level ever are successful in, in passing a ban on abortion or limits on abortion at the federal level.
0: And who are the supporters behind this?
1: Tony Atkins, the uh, president pro tem of the state Senate, is really leading the charge on this. Gavin Newsom is another big supporter of this proposition. It's really popular with top Democrats in the state. In terms of the biggest donors, uh, as of last week, when when I last looked at the numbers, a Native American tribe, the Federated Indians of Grattan Rancheria, had given the most money, followed by the California Medical Association and Planned Parenthood.
0: And who is opposed to this?
1: There is some opposition to this, although they haven't brought in very much money. Uh, Pretty much all of the money opposing this ballot measure has come from a Republican group in Riverside County that's given about 70K. That's in comparison with millions that the proponents have raised. So very lopsided fundraising on this one. But generally speaking, conservative groups, right-leaning Republican groups are, are opposed to this measure.
0: Now, uh, the polling for this uh, from the Nonpartisan Public Policy Institute of California shows a runaway for the yes vote. What would happen? You sort of alluded to this, uh, Sophia, but if Republicans would take over the House, the Senate, and the White House in a couple of years and pass a federal abortion ban, would that trump this this juiced up California state ban?
1: I think that really remains to be seen. Certainly, that would be the intent of any any federal attempt to regulate abortion at the federal level as opposed to leaving it to states, which is is currently the law of the land. But Tony Atkins, the president pro tem of the state Senate, has said that she thinks that this would strengthen California's legal case. If Republicans try to pass a ban at the federal level, I think it's, it's pretty much guaranteed that that would be challenged in court.
0: All right, let's go to Proposition 30, which is called the Tax on Income Above $2 for Zero Emissions Vehicles and Wildfire Prevention Initiative. I got to love the strange bedfellows, the political bedfellows in this one. It's rare when Gavin Newsom and the California Republican Party and the Howard Jarvis Taxpayer Association, those are the folks who hate just about every tax on the planet, it's rare when they agree on something. Dustin, what on earth, other than the love of puppies or beautiful sunset, would bring these people together?
2: <laughs> yeah, the governor really has put himself in the middle of this campaign, and um, you know the conservative groups you mentioned—they're opposing this measure because they don't like the, the hefty income tax increase that it would bring for the wealthiest Californians. The governor has couched his opposition a little bit differently, saying that he he doesn't like the ballot measure because, in his words, this is a self-interested ploy bankrolled by Lyft the ride-hailing company, because Lyft doesn't want to have to foot its own bill for complying with the state's electric vehicle mandates. So there's kind of different arguments that have put Newsom yeah, in in the same bed with these very, very conservative groups that he's probably hardly ever been aligned with before.
0: So is he doing this? Is Newsom doing this just to suck up to his wealthiest donors because he needs their cash when, (laughs) excuse me, if he runs for president in
2: 2024? I mean supporters of the ballot initiative, they're definitely saying that the governor is uh, is sort of kowtowing to his wealthiest supporters. Um, a lot of the wealthiest donors that are fighting this ballot initiative are prolific donors from the Bay Area, from San Francisco. Um, they are donors the governor has relied on a lot in the past to support him in different efforts. Yes, yeah, so, I mean I think – Newsom does have an interest in their support. But I mean the governor and his his allies and opponents of the ballot initiative, they they'll just say that this thing is is not well written in their mind and that it, it that it really is being propelled by one company that has a very vested interest in the issue. And what would a yes vote mean on prop thirty? Yeah. So, just to get into the, me- the mechanics of the initiative, it would raise in- the income tax rate on the wealthiest Californians. Those making more than two million a year, their tax bill would go up by one and three quarters percent and the money would be split between two different types of programs designed to fight greenhouse gas emissions. The largest is to speed up the state's transition to electric vehicles. 80% of the money would go towards that effort, and the money would be divided between rebates to help more people buy electric vehicles, and then also also money to build more charging stations for those electric vehicles. The other 20% of the funding would, would go towards wildfire prevention and firefighting. This would be money to fund more Vegetation clearing and in, in overgrown forests, and to hire more firefighters to battle those blazes. And like you said, this is estimated that it could bring in almost five billion a year in new in new state revenue. So there would be a huge pot of funding for those two things.
0: Two of Newsom's top priorities. Who are some of the people who are supporting this?
2: There's a whole host of environmental groups that are behind this. Um, you know, we've got the. Um, the Clean Air Coalition is a big one. You've just got um, California environmental voters, just a whole host of um, well-known environmental groups in the state are supporting this. But like I said earlier, Lyft has been the muscle behind it. Lyft has poured in the vast majority of the money to support the effort. Um, the company has poured in over $35 million so far to support this ballot initiative. And to explain a little bit more about Lyft's interest here, th- the company faces a mandate to electrify its vehicle fleet by 2030, at that point, 90% of the vehicle miles that its drivers take passengers on would have to be an electric vehicle. And Lyft has been saying for many years that it's concerned that it, it, its drivers cannot afford to make that transition. And and the company has already been lobbying the state air resources board for subsidies to help them make that transition. And so this ballot initiative would create a huge new pot of funding that air quality regulators could tap into to help the Lyfts and Ubers of the world make that transition and help their drivers get into electric vehicles. But I will point out, interestingly, even though Lyft is bankrolling this ballot measure, Uber has not touched it with a 10-foot stick. They've been totally out of this fight, which has been an interesting dynamic.
0: Dustin, we know the governor's opposing this. California Democratic Party is supporting it. California Republican Party is opposing it. Who else is opposing this?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's really a who's who list of wealthy billionaires and multimillionaires from the Bay Area and San Francisco. Um, A lot of well-known venture capitalists, people that are partners in firms like Sequoia Capital, the Silicon Valley powerhouse.
0: Okay, let's move on to a lower profile item on on the ballot. Proposition 31, the flavored tobacco products ban referendum. Sophia, why is this on the ballot, and who is supporting this?
1: So this measure, Prop 31, is on the ballot because in 2020, California state legislators passed a law that aimed to ban California stores from selling flavored tobacco products. Uh, There are some exemptions in the law for stores like licensed hookah retailers for certain types of flavored tobacco, like loose leaf tobacco. But for the most part, it's it would be a pretty broad-based ban on flavored tobacco products. The idea was to basically prevent or curb cigarette use by teens uh, who might be lured in by flavored products or candy-flavored products that uh, appeal to them. So lawmakers passed this law in 2020, and then tobacco companies funded a signature gathering campaign to trigger a referendum on this law. So that's why it's come before voters. Normally, California voters don't have to weigh in on laws that the legislature passes, but in cases where a very wealthy, well-funded interest group opposes a piece of legislation like this, they can trigger a referendum.
0: Speaking of why are we voting on this, Sophia, tell us about Proposition 29, which has to do with kidney dialysis. Haven't haven't we voted on this issue like 50 times already?
1: Not quite 50 times, but we have. This will be the third time in recent years that California voters are asked to weigh in on regulating or increasing regulation of kidney dialysis clinics. Prop 29 would increase requirements for kidney dialysis clinics. For those who who don't know, dialysis is a very highly specialized treatment for people who have severe kidney disease, whose kidneys do not function to the point where they need to have their blood filtered outside their body using uh, what's called a dialysis machine. And the union, UHW, which is a healthcare workers union that has funded uh, this ballot measure and has e- funded campaigns for the other kidney dialysis ballot measures that we've seen in recent years. They say that these clinics are for profit. They are profit motivated and need to be reined in. And so this particular measure would require either a licensed physician, a registered nurse, or a physician's assistant to be on site at kidney dialysis clinics at all times that patients are being treated there. It would also require doctors at the clinics to tell patients if they have an ownership stake of more than 5% in the clinics, and it would make clinics basically get state approval before they close or they downsize. So the kidney dialysis clinics are strongly opposed to this. They're funding the opposition campaign. They've poured tens of millions of dollars. I think they're up to, last I checked, about $85 million, yes. uh, which is which is a lot even uh, in, in California where ballot measure campaigns are expensive. But they say that having to have a licensed physician or another medical provider on-site Uh, At all times that patients are being treated, they say that would be a really significant cost burden, and it would force some clinics to close.
0: And finally, let's move to Proposition Twenty Eight, which Dustin, it has the rare distinction in California no money has been raised in opposition uh, to it, like zero. The last I checked, Dustin, why is that? Is this the uh, I Love Sunsets and Puppies uh, initiative?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, this ballot m- measure would increase funding for arts and music education in schools. And I don't think there's a lot of political groups out there that want to be against arts and kids and schools. You know, it's not really a winning issue um, for <laughs> anyone. So it's pretty straightforward. Just dedicate this 1% of the general fund to arts education. So really no, not much opposition that we've seen it all.
0: After a short break, I'll talk to an industry expert about Propositions 26 and 27. Those are the two gambling initiatives you've probably seen a bunch of ads about. A record amount of money has been poured into those campaigns. Stay with us.
1: We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app.
0: Two ballot measures are about whether and how to legalize sports gambling in California. 35 states have already legalized sports gaming, but California's market would be the biggest in the nation, worth an estimated $3 billion annually. That's why the backers of Props 26 and 27 have spent more than $571 million combined on their campaigns to win that market. That's by far a record. And that's why you're seeing all those TV and online ads. Here's how they would work. Prop 26 would only allow Californians over 21 to bet on sporting events in person at a casino run by one of California's native tribes or at one of four horse race tracks, including Golden Gate Fields here in the Bay Area. It is funded mostly by native tribes. California's nonpartisan legislative analyst estimates that it would bring in tens of millions of dollars in new tax revenue to the state. Prop 27 would enable Californians over 21 to gamble online from anywhere. You wouldn't have to physically enter a casino or a racetrack. The measure is largely funded by major commercial gaming companies like FanDuel and DraftKings, and it promises to devote most of the tax revenue it gets from bets towards a new fund for homeless services and affordable housing. It is estimated to bring in hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue to the state. Only a handful of California's 109 federally recognized Native tribes support Proposition 27, and about half oppose it, in part because it would require big gambling corporations to partner with the tribe to be allowed to set up shop in the state instead of the Native tribes doing it on their own, and that would break up the tribe's dominance of California's gambling market. And as I reported a couple of weeks ago on sfchronicle.com, most of the major homeless service providers in California don't support it, because they're skeptical that the hundreds of millions of dollars in tax revenue that Prop 27 promises will ever materialize. Let's hear from Chris Grove, who is partner emeritus with Eilers and Krejcik Gaming. That's an independent gambling industry analytical firm in California that has studied these props. I asked him why the tribes and the commercial operators are spending so much money on these campaigns.
3: The first half of the answer to that question is a simple one. And it's that the market for legal sports betting in California would be the largest in the U S and would be one of the largest markets in the world. Round number. If you authorized both retail and online sports betting with a reasonable tax rate, you'd probably be looking at a market that's worth about $3 billion annually. So the wow. size of, of the prize is tremendous. And especially for, the publicly traded companies that have really staked some amount of their future value on the U.S. online betting market, accessing California is not just a nice to have, it's, it's a need to have. People are spending a lot of money to try and open the market because they perceive that opening the market is worth more money than they're spending in the long run.
0: Chris, I want to play a couple of ads. And I want to uh, get your take on this on the other side. Now, this is one of the ads for Yes on 27.
3: Prop 27 supports financially disadvantaged tribes that don't own big casinos. By taxing and regulating online sports betting for adults 21 and over, we can protect tribal sovereignty and finally do something about homelessness in California.
0: Most homeless providers in California are either opposed to this or neutral on it. What you think, my my goodness, the independent analyst says this could bring in hundreds of millions of dollars. Some of the people said they're they're concerned that that money wouldn't materialize because of loopholes in the way this is written. Are there any loopholes that we should know about in terms of how much money this would generate? In
3: terms of the, the headline numbers, the claim of hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue going to the state each year is an absolutely credible one. So I've yet to see any analysis that suggests that that's not the right number of zeros to be using (laughs) when you're talking about the kind of tax revenue that the, the state would be receiving from the authorization of online sports betting. The question of how to ensure that that money from that point then flows to these particular services or that there isn't some sort of movement within the budgetary process, within the legislative process, that maybe subs some of this revenue in and takes some other revenue out. Those are more complicated questions. And look, ensuring that any dedicated source of revenue goes to any dedicated use, that's always been a tricky one and that's not unique to California. I think that's a tricky one for basically uh, any government, any (laughs) time, any place.
0: Okay, now I'm going to play for you a a no on Proposition 27.
3: California voters, beware. Prop 27 is being promoted by out-of-state gambling corporations. It would authorize a massive expansion of online sports gambling in California, turning every cell phone, laptop, tablet, and even video game console into a gambling device.
0: There's always concerns about about gambling, but I mean, uh, as it stands now, every phone already is. A a, right. a a portal to uh, illegal gambling, correct?
3: Yeah, I, I don't know too many people who bet on sports through their Xbox, so that, that one felt <laughs> like maybe a bit of a stretch. But look, the reason why it was mentioned is clear, yes. right? It, it's meant to reinforce that idea that this is going to spark a, a wave of underage Gambling. The only thing I, I, I say to those concerns, which, again, the, the undercurrent is, is valid. Any expansion of gambling should always include that conversation around impacts and, and harms. The difference between an offshore online sports betting site and a, a, a legal and regulated online sports betting site does involve things like know your customer and identity verification does involve things Like geolocation does involve quite a bit more gating around who can access this site. Is any system foolproof? No. But we accept that kind of leakage all the time when we authorize age appropriate products. We've yet to see anything from the states that have authorized online gambling, including New Jersey, which authorized online casino way back in 2013. Yet to see anything to indicate that that availability is driving a substantial amount of use by folks who are under 21.
0: Both of these props look like they're in tough shape right now. Yeah. You said both of these have a more than a 50% chance of failing. Why are these going down?
3: First, whenever you've got two ballot measures that touch on a similar issue, that tends to not bode well for either ballot measure. Promotes a little bit of confusion, promotes some ambiguity, and under those conditions, status quo tends to persist. Uh, Two, you've got some powerful stakeholders that are really angling toward no on, on both propositions. And so what you've got is this editorial in the LA Times, for example, saying no what you've got is this powerful tribal stakeholder saying no, this card room or this uh, lawmaker from a municipality saying no. So the majority, the chorus really from a public perspective is lopsided in favor of of the no's. There's just a lot more chatter and conversation around the no side and really not nearly as much balancing that out on, on the yes side as well. And As simplistic of an analysis as that may sound, People, I don't think the average voter is dedicating all that much mind space to this issue.
0: 35 other states have legalized sports gaming. Will Californians get another chance at this? I'm guessing with that $3 billion market, uh, uh, we will.
3: I think so. I I think that this is, for lack of a better way to put it, I, I think this is something that everyone had to get out of their system. Right, where the various stakeholders who had competing visions for how the California market should operate had to take a shot at executing their vision. And now that both 26 and 27 do seem to be on a path to a no vote, I think you're going to see folks be a lot more open to coming to a bigger table with more seats And developing more of a consensus approach to getting sports betting done in California. So I do think that both of these propositions failing does, in almost a paradoxical way, move online sports betting a step closer in California. Whether or not that step actually gets you that much closer to the finish line is the trickier question. This will be progress, measuring it against the amount of progress that needs to occur for this to get done that's a tougher question.
0: I'd like to thank you all for listening and hope that you and your families are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Dustin Gardner, Sophia Bollig, and Chris Grove for joining me today. I'd like to thank the King, King Kaufman, for producing today's episode. And remember, no matter where you drop 20 bucks in the Niners to cover the spread, it's all
3: political on Fifth and Mission.